0: Thanks again for joining us on the Family Life Canada podcast. We want to thank our friends and our partners at Compassion Canada. You know, they've uh, put together a package we want you to know about, you know, in the summertime, there's more downtime and and chances are if you've got kids or grandkids, uh, they want to watch their favorite TV shows and stream shows and you're trying to go like, maybe that's too much of that. Hey, well, Compassion Canada has put together some great media content and it'll help your family incorporate compassion and justice and justice into their summer or their road trip screen time. I mean, what a great idea. So here's Compassion Canada. They're going to explain more.
1: Do you feel like you've run out of activities and ideas for keeping your
0: kids busy or your family entertained? Now that summer's here, it's time to get outside and find ways to connect as a family. Compassion Canada has put together a list of family-friendly, faith-building, and free summer activities to make the most of your summer. Ideas include a free downloadable gratitude journal, that allows kids to creatively keep track of the ways God is caring for them. Free magazines that you can read at the beach, in the backyard, or beside a pool. A free at-home vacation Bible study. There's something for everyone in the family. Compassion Canada. Child-focused, Christ-centered, championing the church. Learn more at compassion.ca slash blog. Hey, Kirk, as you go across Canada, you talk to thousands of men, you and your staff... I'd love to get your perspective on this. What's going on among the men in our country that really encourages you? It gives you hope. And then the flip side, what, what do you see consistently across our country that concerns you?
1: Well, I think, first of all, on the uh, idea of what is it that gives me hope, what I'm most encouraged about right now is there is a generation of men who are uh, rising up and taking their role as father more seriously than okay. maybe previous generations have. There's some studies out right now saying that uh, dads are spending more time with their kids than other generations did, uh, and and so I'm looking at men uh, who are millennial guys uh, and maybe a little bit older into their into their early 40s who are seemingly more invested in the life of their kids, which is a huge shift because we've had several generations of what I would call a fatherless culture uh, right. being being created. And there's still an issue of fatherlessness in our culture, but, but dads are stepping up to new levels and uh, helping out around the house more, being more invested okay. there. So that's been amazing to see. I think what concerns me The most and there's a lot of things that i've observed that concern me um but the one thing that concerns me the most that's tied to that first question or the first answer is um the whole issue of spiritual input into the lives of our kids uh as we're as we're in the middle of this pandemic right now and christian dads in particular who normally would take their kids to church Uh, they don't have church to go to. The church might be trying to do things for kids, but it's tough to do things for kids in this season. And I look at it and I go, every church that I'm talking to or or hearing statistics from say that their, uh, their access from kids is way down below what it normally is, which begs the question for me, who is giving the spiritual input into the life of our kids right now? Right, and so we may be we may be excelling as dads when it comes to hanging out with our kids, playing with our kids, uh, uh, cleaning the house with our kids, whatever it might be, uh, on all the kind of physical, normal, everyday stuff. But what about the spiritual formation of our kids? and right. and, and how are we as dads stepping into that space of making sure? That our kids don't go six months or a year without any kind of mm. spiritual input into their life so the dads having the spiritual
0: input is critically important and, and you're concerned that maybe that's not happening was that behind your motive to write the seasons of fatherhood uh, kirk you've written this book and it's about being a dad in different seasons and even a granddad right
1: yeah absolutely i i think that one of the things that was part of the kind of story around writing the seasons of fatherhood. I'd love to say I had uh, this grand motivation, but honestly, I, I woke up one day and just felt like God showed me that I was supposed to write this book. And uh, he uh, had given me some ideas. I, I think the big idea is, is this, that we actually never stop being a dad. Mm. Um, like the Bible never once says that you stop being a dad, no matter what season of life you're in, what stage of life you're in with your kids. It's just a matter of understanding that in different stages of your kid's life, it requires different skills as a father, because there's a different role. Your role changes and needs to change depending on the season that your kids are in, the age they're at and the kind of development that they need to have at that stage of their life.
0: And and for all you listening, I've I've read Seasons of Fatherhood, love it, appreciate it, Kirk. Uh, get it through PromiseKeepers.ca. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Okay. You can get it through PromiseKeepers.ca.
0: So check that out, and and because uh, this is a, a a difficult and a challenge. I mean, I think being a parent right now is more challenging. I watch our our boys be parents, and I think it's more complicated than when I was trying to uh, be an active parent. Though, as you point out, I'm still a parent. I'm still yeah, a dad, and absolutely. I'm still a granddad. Yeah. yeah. And love to have that spiritual input in my family still.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was reading uh, some of the uh, stories of Bible characters in the Old Testament who are on their deathbeds. Older men who are reaching their last hours of life. Uh, Guys like King David, who in his last hours of life, uh, one of the final things he does is he prays for his son Solomon. That Mm. his son Solomon would uh, wholeheartedly follow God. And I thought to myself, like, that's spiritual input. Like, that is yeah. that is being a spiritual leader as a dad, even to your adult son, that your, your adult son would hear you praying over him, that he mm. would love Jesus, follow God all of his life. Like, that, that's powerful stuff that no matter what stage you're at, you know, maybe if you have little kids you're invested in a different way. You're teaching them Bible Mm. stories and and you're, you're making sure that they um, learn to pray and all those kinds of things. But there's just all these different stages and it never Mm. ends being a dad and the kind of input and powerful input you can have into the life of your kids. And, and man, listening to this, if you want to know where to start,
0: start there, pray for your kids, pray for your grandkids, Kirk, I've prayed this prayer for many, many, many years now. I mean, I pray other things for my kids and my grandkids, but I always say help them to grow up to love you and to bless the world. I mean, that's what I want for my kids. I want them to love God, and I want them to make a difference. I don't want them to just be a taker in this world. I want them to bless, you know, address the issues of our culture, love God, and make a difference. That's what I pray for them. Uh, That's,
1: that's, I think, the best prayer any dad can pray for his kids because I think— that is ultimately the heart of God for all of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? And he said, well, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Mm -hmm. so it seems to me if Jesus says that's the most important command, we should probably pray for our kids to have that, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And and, and then Jesus talks about, you know, the great commission. And he talks, and part of that second commandment, I should say, he says, Love your neighbor yeah, as yourself. Absolutely. And then, he says, then he gives us the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples, which is really just this idea of what you just prayed, that our kids would go and have an impact. They would make a it's difference it. wherever God has placed it's them. Yeah. Hey, let me try something on for size.
0: When you're talking about men and and um, having spiritual input into our families and our marriages, um, I have this theory as I've tried to sort myself out. because. My whole life, I mean, I've tried to be a good man, try to be a good husband, and then I fall on my face a lot of times. And then, you know, I repent and try to be better. And I'm guessing most of the people listening here can identify with that somewhat. But I think what I've tried to discover myself and I've seen with a lot of men I talk to, we don't try something because we're afraid to fail. Like we have this real uh, fear of failure or feeling incompetent. Maybe it uh, attacks whatever we think our manhood is. And so uh, I hear it in things like, you know, guys don't be romantic. You know, their wife would love them to be more tender and romantic, but they're afraid they'll screw up. It's not that they don't love their wives. They just don't know what to do. And I'm going to feel stupid. And what if I buy the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing? So we do nothing. And I wonder if that's true when we're trying to spiritually guide our children. Oh. We, we kind of feel out to sea. So, I mean, I do want to pour into my children and my grandchildren, but I kind of go, I don't know what to do. So if a guy came to you and said, I want to pour into my kids, I don't know what to do. How could we counsel them?
1: Yeah. First of all, I wanted to say, I really agree with your theory. I mean, I, I've worked with men for over 20 years now and fear, is fear are a failing is debilitating for men. It is. We can maybe dive into that a little bit more, but I I just watch guys all the time. And I'm guilty of it too. I mean, there's things I just know I'm not good at. Um, If you need something repaired on a vehicle, um, I am not the guy you want to call (laughs) because I already know I'm going to fail at it and your bill will be about 10 times bigger than it should be. Uh, But here's the thing. I think that, uh, when it comes to this whole reality of leading our kids spiritually and even the fear of failure, we need to actually redefine what success is. Part of the reason why we have a fear of failure is because we have a wrong definition of success. Okay. Keep coming. Um, what ends up happening is we have a definition of success that says, did I cross the finish line that I set as the goal for the finish line to, to cross, But that is actually a low bar vision for success. Uh, Jesus tells a parable about um, uh, leaving a master, leaving talents to different people. And then he goes away and, and the whole parable of the story is is just simply, what did they do with the talents that were left to them? And the interesting thing that's unified throughout the whole story is that um, uh, the guys who received the blessing at the end, were simply the guys who invested and were faithful to invest in what God had entrusted to them. It wasn't about the end result. Uh, It was about their Mm. faithfulness to invest Mm -hmm. in what God had given to them. In other words, in God's economy, success is more about faithfulness to keep growing and to keep taking what God's already given to you and just step-by-step continuously getting better at it. That's, that's, God's version of success. It's just being faithful, Mm -hmm. not being perfect, uh, not being the winner every time out, uh, but just being faithful. And if we understand God's vision for success and we Mm -hmm. redefine, we reorient our lives around that, then it changes the ballgame in terms of how we approach everything in our life as a man. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he did not look like much of a success to the people who walked by him. But in in the eyes of God, Jesus was Hmm. the ultimate success in that moment because he was doing exactly what the father wanted him to do in that moment. He was dying to himself. So, uh, you know, I could dive more into that, but just coming full circle back to your question, you know, about being a spiritual leader of our kids and this fear of failure. One of the things I love about the Bible is, how relevant it still is for our lives. So in Deuteronomy chapter six, there's this command that God gives to the Israelites and to the parents. And he says, teach your kids to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Teach it to your kids, teach it to your grandkids. But then he goes on to say what teaching actually looks like. He says, talk about it when you wake up, talk about it throughout the day, Hmm. talk about it Hmm. when you go to bed. And it's just this whole idea that you orient your life, the culture of your family around the idea of what does it look like to love God as a family? So you're sitting, you're having a meal together as a family, and you start asking, well, how was your day? What happened today? Uh, And maybe you ask a question like, so how did you see God answer a prayer today? Or... Who came into your life that needed some help? And and did God bring that person into your life? All of that is an opportunity to point to God. For me, Mm -hmm. I would take, um, my kids loved music. And so we would take songs and every once in a while, I would just say, so let's talk about that song and like, how does that song line up with God's vision for our life? And and you just ask questions like that and you enter into Mm. dialogue with your family. And the whole thing is you just keep, you're constantly pointing back to God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And asking questions. So great. And in connection to, you know, whether you're at home or away, which is pretty much the only two places to be. That's right. You know, (laughs) you just weave it into life, right? Yeah. As opposed to at 11 a.m. on Sunday, take your kids to this building. I mean, that's a great thing to do. Yep. But that's not the overall command here, no. right?
1: And- yeah, build it into the culture of your family. It's, you know, when you go for a hike as a family, just say something simple like, isn't God's creation amazing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weave it in everywhere. Yeah, And, and uh, to all the dads out there, I mean, if you got kids or young kids or maybe you're not a dad yet, file this away. Start young. Start young and just weave it into the the natural part. Uh, I've met way too many uh, fathers who when their kids were young and uncomplicated, they just put it on autopilot like, hey, great. The kids are great. You know, I'll, I'll work extra hard on get money for the family. And and then when they're teenagers and they're starting to get lost, dad says, oh, I better engage. But there's no relationship.
1: That's right.
0: You know, the trust and the relationship actually is seeded from the earliest days so when you get those moments and your little two-year-old or four-year-old crawls up in your lap, um, and you got work to do or whatever, use that moment right to Absolutely. tell them they're loved and they're secured and God cares. You know, I, I can't stress you. I, I I've talked to so many dads who have deep regrets because when their kids were accessible, they weren't. Yeah, and then when they wanted to reach out to their kids, they had no relationship.
1: That's right. But I think the important thing, so th- th- you're right. There's a lot of dads who are in that spot and they're kind of in a spot of feeling hopeless uh, because they recognize yeah. the ways they've failed. Right. So okay. like, is there any, is there any hope for me as a dad if I've already screwed things up and the, the answer and is we've all,
0: we've all screwed up to some degree. Right. Okay. Right. But
1: <laughs> Yeah. So if you've like, if you've really screwed it up and, okay. and your kids don't want anything to do with you, um mm. like there's just so much brokenness right there's there's guys who are dealing with um broken marriages and the kids aren't living with them and so how do right. I pursue right. relationship with my kids there's so yeah. many different realities that that dads are living in right now and here's what I would just say first of all if you find yourself in that reality um first of all cling to the grace of God for your own life um God's God's grace and God's ability to forgive is very real and God can set you free from just the kind of self-condemnation that you you heap on yourself for the failures you've had in your past. And the second thing is, um, be gracious to your own kids. Give them space and time, but don't stop pursuing them. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to reflect on how much God has kept pursuing you and how patient God has been in pursuing your heart for you to surrender your own life to him as a father, uh, as your father, I should say. And so you can take that as a dad and go, man, look at how patient God was with me, but he kept pursuing me and kept pursuing me. So now how do I take that same application? And, and I've got this distant relationship with my kids How do I just begin to pursue them and have the same kind of patience? Don't expect everything to be fixed overnight, but just drop little hints. Give your kids a call. Just drop them a note. Uh, Tell them that you're thinking about them. You're praying for them today. Uh, I have, I've known men who have been estranged from their kids for years Hmm. and have just simply taken the little steps every day to keep depositing and building relationship from scratch and God has, over time, brought healing and restoration to relationships. Your reality today mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. not need to stay your reality uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, isn't that that's hope? That's I'm glad you said that, and I know that really fits for a lot of us. Thanks, man. Hey, a um, little different angle again, and I love this conversation, Kirk you and your team at promise keepers you touch thousands and thousands of men over the course of a year. There's a lot been written of that, that men today often feel lost. Uh, some writers say they feel emasculated. They don't know, you know, if they, if they step out and, and, uh, act out of their strength, they're misunderstood. If they step back and don't, uh, act out of their strength, they look weak. And so they end up confused. And quite often back to this fear of failure, when we don't know what to do, you know, the simplest way not to fail is don't try. Isn't That's that right.
1: right? That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. So
0: I'm a very awkward dancer. My wife loves it. I'm a horrible dancer. The best way for me not to fail at dancing is just don't dance. Right. But you know, I miss out on this thing with my wife then, you know, so it's worth trying. So, uh, A lot of us, because it's confusing these days and we don't want to do the wrong thing, a lot of us don't try. We just sort of live our own little private life. I know you guys teach on this and I know you have some hopeful things. So for those of us who are feeling like, so how do I be a great man today? What do you say?
1: So I think there's different spaces that guys find themselves in. First of all, I think there are some guys... are legitimately trying to be a great man and a lot of those guys frankly are really exhausted right now Hmm. um they just they're running all over the place trying to to you know uncover this idea of greatness as a man And, and and it's just plain exhausting for them Uh, and, and COVID has really ramped that up. It's they're exhausted and with, in relationship with their families, they're exhausted and they're working longer hours than they used to work. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an intense period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think there's a lot of other guys who just live in this space of, like you said, they've just kind of given up. They're just lost completely because they they feel like whatever I do is wrong. So I'm just better doing nothing. Hmm. Um, and I I think it still comes down to, in both cases, both kind of extremes, I think it still comes back to, um, do we actually have a proper understanding of what it even means to be a man? Okay. Uh, Like if nobody, if all we're doing is guessing and creating our own definition of what it means to be a man, then you just have chaos. Right, and I think that's one of the concerns that I have when I look around in the culture right now. In the last number of years, I'll give you an example. Last number of years, there's been a a helpful conversation in the public sphere around uh, the Me Too movement and uh, you know sexual abuse that has happened uh, and right. how men have committed a lot of just awful things towards women. And one of the things that you know, concerns me with this is there's been a phrase that's come out around this called toxic masculinity. And so you'll read in the newspapers about toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, and it's fair to call abuse, toxic masculinity. That's an accurate description. But what's missing from the conversation is a vision for healthy masculinity. Okay. So we tell men everything that they're doing wrong but we don't actually point to what it means to do things right. And um, as men, uh, one of the things that matters a lot in our lives are the influence of other men, Uh, whether it's our own fathers, whether it's mentors, whether it's people who've gone before us in some way, shape or form, but uh, coaches like that's you know, when I look at sports teams and the influence that a coach can have to the players on his sports team, it, it's profound the kind of influence mm. a coach can have. And, and, and I, I think that what we are missing in the culture today is helping men to know what it is they're actually supposed to be striving towards. Like, how do I know if I've reached the target? And and so I would just say that even some of us who are trying really hard to be great men, um, uh, the sad thing is some of us are trying really hard to be great men, but we're aiming for the wrong target. We we're aiming for a target that is, uh, uh, it, it's it's if I just work enough and make enough money to make my family happy then I've reached the target of what it means to be a successful man. Okay. But is that really it? Like what happens when your kids grow up and leave the home? Um, You know, if you live with that as your target, then your target may have an expiry date to it. And so then what's your new target about being a man? And, and, And so there's just this sense of, I think you need to have a, all of us as men need to have a higher vision that last, right till the day we die and take our last breath and say, on on that final day, when I take my last breath, hmm. what will be the target that I aimed for in terms of what it means to have been a successful man? Right. And we need some and, coaches and, to help us get there. Yeah, yeah. The coaches, the, uh, the small groups,
0: you know, I know that Promise Keepers is helpful and you're promoting small groups and, and local churches are doing that. Uh, I know within family life ministry, we're really, really committed to mentoring that that a couple that's not perfect but just maybe got a little uh, a little more wear on the tires a little more experience and they have compassion and they they just do life with you. This is so encouraging. We're made to do life together, right Kirk? It's absolutely yeah, when I see people
1: go down in flames, it's usually
0: because they've been flying alone for too
1: long, right. And men are especially prone to this because there's just something, you know, I don't know if it's cultural or if it's part of our DNA or whatever, but there is something inside of us that just kind of thinks I can figure this out on my own and hmm. uh, I've got this. Um, but it, it is, it is the most dangerous place you can be. And I'll, I'll use some Christian language here for a second. Um, uh one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to get men isolated. Sure. Sure. If you you are isolated, you are easy pickings for the enemy. Um, it it is, you're just like a target standing in an open field waiting Mm -hmm. to get picked off. Um, but what God always created you to be is to be with, others surrounding yourself with others so that together uh, as proverb says your iron sharpening iron uh, as even in Ephesians 6 where it talks about the full armor of god Using the shield of faith. I mean, the context of that, if you dive into the study on it, is actually using the shield of faith in community with other people. That each you're you're holding up this shield of faith to protect each other uh, from the attacks of the enemy on your life. And so, there's just this consistent theme throughout the Bible uh, that you need to be connected with each other. You need to have people investing in your life, pointing you to the right. Uh, target in your life, yep. having those yep. kinds of honest conversations, uh, every day.
0: So good. Yeah. And I've been so blessed. I've had great men in my life and Kirk, you're a good brother in my life. And I appreciate you. And we need to li- listen and learn from one another.
1: Yeah, yeah, we really do. We really do. And guys, I know guys are going to say, well, my life's really busy. I've got all these things going on. Listen, everybody has the same amount of time. The issue is, what do you value most in your life? And um, if you want to be a success as a man, at the end of the day, uh, the Apostle Paul said it best to Timothy. He said to Timothy, you need to train yourself for godliness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not something you just stumble into. You don't like kind of wake up and go, hey, I'm a godly man now. It's you, <laughs> you, you literally need to invest the energy that it takes to train yourself to be the man that God designed you to be. And so that Absolutely. means being in God's word. It means surrounding yourself with other godly men. Yeah, yeah. It means accessing tools and resources, you know, at, at Promise Keepers we've we've got podcasts that we do twice a month. We have, uh, daily devotionals for men. We've got tons of different types of resources where we want to just keep investing in men and helping men to train themselves for godliness. And, and so our whole focus is how do we equip you as a man for a life of purpose and godly impact? Uh, we're here yeah. to serve and support man. men in those kinds of ways. Uh,
0: a life of purpose and godly impact. That is a great goal. And and I hope that the people who are listening, the men that are listening, especially connect with promisekeepers.ca. There's so much that encourages us and that trains us. I want to seize that word train. It is so good. I, I think in my whole uh, life of trying to be a better man, trying to be more like Christ, trying to serve my family and my world better. I've, I've noticed the difference between trying to do something and training to do something. So, you know, like, I'm going to try to run a marathon. No, you'll never run a marathon. You got to train to run a marathon. That's right. Yeah. Like like you build these disciplines in and these practices into my life that will therefore enable me to do with the marathon or to control my uh my behaviors or to be to save more money. You don't just try to save money. You got to train yourself. And that is a great verb and and I hope everybody and again men and women because I know that Lots of people are listening to this podcast, but
1: boy, there's a big difference between trying and training. Oh, That's yeah. a good, good word. Every time I drive by the gym, I remind myself I really <laughs> should go in there.
0: <laughs> oh, I drive by. I just feel myself getting in better shape. <laughs> well, we haven't been able to be in gyms, and so um, again, this podcast will exist in uh, cyberspace for a long, long time. But right now, we're uh, four months into the COVID crisis. What are you seeing? How's it affected Promise Keepers?
1: Uh, yeah, How's it going? Yeah, you know, we're uh, uh, it was chaos at first because we had to cancel all of the events that we normally do across the yeah. country. And uh, so that was challenging, much like, you know, you had to. Yeah, we've had it, to. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just part of our reality as ministries that do live events. Uh, but uh, God had already been kind of preparing us for this and we didn't even know it. Uh, so we already started shifting a number of things online in our ministry uh, programming, and uh, and so this just kind of sped up the process for us. Uh, we have uh, later this summer we're going to be launching a brand new website that will be uh, rich with all even more uh, resources and content to keep training men uh, and, and supporting men. So uh, you guys, can watch out for that. Uh, so yeah, it's been. It, it was hard at first, but it's been good overall. We're, we're in a good place. I'm excited about where we're at as a ministry and and uh, the doors that are available just to keep supporting men and equipping men in the days ahead.
0: That's a great word. And uh, folks listening, check it out. Uh, promisekeepers.ca and the new website coming. Hey, Kirk, I'm really grateful for this conversation and uh, it's going out and people wherever you are. Would you take something from this and try to act on it. Try to act on it to bless your family, to bless your neighbors, to bless your workplace, uh, because God wants to use you uh, to bless others. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks Kirk for being part of this. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the summer and uh, thanks for the good work the Promise Keepers does. Thanks man.
1: Thanks Neil. Appreciate you and family life. Uh, Love our partnership and our friendship together. Bless you guys.